Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today, it's the Christmas episode. We're going to be talking about 12 board games of Christmas. So thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 153. Residents of Meeple Town, I am sad. Dean, ask me why I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Darren, why are you sad, buddy? You know, this past weekend was PAX U up in Philadelphia, Mm. and we were not there. Yeah. I'm so brokenhearted over this. You know, if residents, hopefully some of you had a chance to go to Philadelphia for, to me, is one of my favorite conventions. Not that I've been to all that many. But man, there's just something special about, about Pax U. It was my first convention ever a few years ago. Um, the four of us went, my, myself and Dean and Johnny Meepletown and um, Steve O'Rourke's friend, Jonathan. And we had a great time playing games and eating delicious food, going to the Christmas market. Um, man, and this year I so wanted to go, but we're not, was not able to make it, to make it happen. So Dean, I'm sad. I am sad as well. So I had a friend of the show, Jamie Epstein, who you've heard us talk about a lot. I knew that he was going up there, so I texted him so I could live vicariously through him. And so he was giving me some of the updates of of things that he was playing. Actually, he gave me one update, and then <laughs> and that was it. But I uh, I didn't ask for more. I just want to know what he had played and um Santa's Workshop, you know, Christmas theme game. He did get to play that, which is funny because we got to play an earlier implementation of the second edition of Santa's Workshop during during our la- time there last time. So, yeah, I'm with you, Darren. I, I wish I could have been there. I, I will say this. This is a-, a good news that did come from Jamie. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, just to let you know, we're kind of a big deal. I don't know if you know that, <laughs> but here at Maple Town, he-, he was meeting up with the Secret Cabal guys. He was meeting up with Jamie and uh who was he meeting up with not steve sorry um was don there or chris i think it was i think it was don yeah i think it was don i'm, I'm a big secret cabal fan um but if you can't tell that's what i say yeah you know their names so well no no no. i know their names i just couldn't think of who it was but it was don i went back and looked at the at the text and i was like you know tell him tell him dean from meeple time said hi and uh i want to brag but they do know the show <laughs> I don't know if they listen, but if you do, we're big fans. So uh, I would have loved to have meet uh, to have met those guys and uh, hang out with them and everyone else. Ah, we got to get back there. We do. I have so much fun there. The food, the gaming, just the atmosphere. I love it all. Love it all. Yeah, and we, you know, and the, the people being there to talk with one another. Like again, people like you know from the cabal. Or or other uh, media channels, or just getting to to meet new people, other gamers, talking to vendors and publishers. That whole interaction, that whole community that is around there is glorious. But yes, the games, the games are great. One thing about Pax U is that they have that first look area where you're getting to play some of the games that were talked about, or or demoed at things like Gen Con or at Essen. So yeah, we missed out on some of that, but we have gotten to play a few games ourselves. Nah, there's no silver lining. <laughs> Don't try to bring your positivity into this. Let us right. let us sulk. Okay, Eeyore, you sulk over there. 
I'm Eeyore. <laughs> we haven't gotten to play some games. I know. I don't know if you're ready to talk about some of our recent plays here yet, but one thing that, that I've been able to play here with some of our students is the game Santa Cookie Elf Candy Snowman. Are you familiar with this title? I am. Yeah, they sent us uh, they sent us a review copy of that last year. Uh, I requested it actually whenever I did the uh, my Christmas video last year because my family's a big uh, Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza fan. They they love that game. Awesome. Well, I'm curious to hear how you feel about it. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with this, again, like Dean said, this is basically Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza with a few different uh, thematic uh, art and action changes. So the way the, the, the game works, it's just a deck of cards and you deal out all the cards evenly to all the players and you ha- keep your deck face down without looking at it. And the first person who goes is going to flip their card out and place it in the middle of the table saying Santa, regardless of what is actually on the card. And then the next person does the same thing saying cookie. And the next person says elf and so on and so forth. And whenever the word someone says actually matches the card that they flip over and put in the middle of the table, everyone has to, as fast as they can, slap the pile of cards. And the last person to do so has to add the pile to their deck of cards. And then the first person to run out of cards and correctly slap the table will win the game. But now in in this game, there's also some special cards where you have to do some hand motions before you slap. Like there's a Silent Night card where you have to put your finger up to your lips and go shh before you can slap the card. There's a a drum that comes out and you have to take both of your hands and do a little rum, pum, pum, pum. You got to say that and do that on the table before you can slap. And there's like a reindeer card where you have to put your hands up on your head like reindeer antlers before you can slap. Um, It's just that kind of a quick game. Again, first person out of cards to correctly slap will win. And um, yeah, so we played that. And before I tell you what what I feel about that, how how did you feel? You said your family loves it. Uh, How do you feel about that game? Yeah, I love, I, I have a blast playing this game, but I am awful at it. And if if it were just me, I wouldn't have this game. You know, I wouldn't care anything about it. <laughs> and, and it's a me style thing. Like I am awful at speed card games in particular. My yeah. wife and I, when we first got married, played a lot of speed. I did not win that game really ever. I think Nerds is the worst, I think it's the worst <laughs> creation of all time. I, I would say it's it's a bad uh, evilness from the dark pits is what nerds <laughs> is to me. From but the this one is not is not that because it is just a lot of fun. Nerds is just mean. It's uh, yeah, it hurt. I I've cried, I've cried in that game with people hurting me with their words, their mean words. I'm, I'm not fast at these, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. But I um, we have such a fun time, and the boys. They laugh at me because I'm so slow and they, they just get a kick out of like how bad I am. <laughs> I am. So as long as everyone's having a good time at my expense, I think it's it's a good it's a good game for that reason. See, I uh, I disagree. I will not allow others to have a good time at my expense. Uh, I take <laughs> I take personal offense at that. And uh, these are the kind of games I, I do not I do not like. I talked about a, a similar game, Mish Match. Uh, a few weeks ago, and I would put this in that same category. This and like our pass play purchase uh, rating system for these. This is so much a pass. You know, uh, I don't do these types of games well. I'm going to flinch. It's like one of those games where if you flinch and you think you're going to take it, but you realize you're not supposed to slap, you have to take all the cards anyway. I'm just, my brain goes a million different directions all at once. I can't, 
I can't do this. And you mentioned Nerds. I can't do that one either. I had a chance to play that one for the first time uh, uh, last week. And I just, these kind of speed games, I'm with you. They are from the ninth circle of hell and uh, have no business on my on my gaming table. I'm glad people can enjoy them and I'm happy to create space for them to play them. But um, I will, I will pass my friend. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh speaking of secret cabal they talk about dutch blitz on there which i think right. if i understand that dutch blitz is is basically nerds right it's the same thing it's either that or golf i get all those weird crazy card games mixed up but you're probably right okay well i could i could very well be wrong because i've not played that one dutch blitz seems like it would be that that nerds clone yeah but I the difference with this one is the not just the slapping of the cards okay i'm i'm bad at that but adding the the extra like you know reindeer antlers or whatever those different symbols <laughs> on there the right. pom pom right it's comically bad i think for for my children and uh but they yeah we just we do have a blast with this one so you say it's a pass i think it's a i mean it's a purchase for us because of how much my family likes it it would be a pass for me as a individual right um, that you know just had his choice in picking games but but i do have a fun time laughing and having people laugh at me yeah okay i'll i'll, I'll play it once for you know for the sake of others but yeah that is santa cookie elf candy snowman all right well i had a chance to play a christmas game this was over uh, i think over thanksgiving break we had some friends over uh well S- steven listener of the show steven and his family were over, and Stephen had Disney, the Muppet Christmas Carol, Spirit of Giving game. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Funko, they don't care how long the <laughs> titles of their games are. What was the haunted, Disney's Haunted Mansion's Spirit of something, something? The Call of the Spirits or yeah. game? They don't care. They They seriously don't care. And the funny thing is, Disney the Muppet Christmas Carol Spirit of Giving game is a really small box to to fit all of that on there. It's quite the feat. Well, it takes so the, both the, the top and the bottom of the box to do it yeah. if you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so in this game, this is a, a uh, I would put it in the children's game category. He was teaching it to everybody, which was cool. He had all the kids in there first and they played and then he taught all the adults. Uh, in this game, you've got three cards in front of you, two on the outside that are face up. They're all characters from the Muppet Christmas Carol. The, the outside two are face up and the middle one is face down. And to start the game off, you're going to have a card that is a story tile. Uh, yeah, not a card, but a story tile. And you will be using that tile to pick your action that you're going to take at the beginning of the game you only have one action that's to draw a card and to uh, to put that card into play okay what you're trying to do is you're trying to complete sets either all of the same color or all of the same character on those cards all three in front of you you want them to be the same if i get my three the same then I will get to take a present that's that has a an unknown point value underneath. And you can't look at it even when you take it. And you're going to take that, and that's going to be points for you at the end of the game. If I complete your set, Darren, then I get to draw two presents, and I give you one. That's the spirit of giving. Aww. I give you one, and then I keep one. But I'm not giving you the better one for sure, because oh. I will lose the game if I do that. So it's not fully the spirit of giving it's it's a spirit of giving but maybe not the the strongest spirit of giving jerk 
That kind of <laughs> sounds like the whole uh, mechanism in Jerusalem uh, or Jerusalem and Odomini, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you this, but I'm taking the better of the two. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see yeah. if I can stick you with this, with this negative thing if possible. Yeah, that's exactly right on this one. Although nothing's negative in this. They're all positive points, just higher point values. So that is the game. Now, that that's how the, the game starts off. As the game goes on, these other tiles are going, to, are going to be revealed. And by the end of the game, you'll have four tiles to choose from. The, ho- the ghost of Christmas, past, present, future. And then I don't know what the other tile is. Scrooge, maybe? I can't remember what that one is. And they'll do different things. So now I can switch out cards with in action instead of drawing randomly from the pile. Or I could, it, when the Ghost of Christmas Future comes out, I can point to somebody's center card, which I thought was funny. It made me think of, you know, the the pointing ghost on the from the film. And uh, you have to reveal that to everybody. Then you put it back. And then I get to choose another card to, to take. Um, and so by the end of the game, you're just, everybody's scoring points all over the place and that is the whole game it's a it's a interesting uh i, I would say fun experience we we had a good time with this we played i think probably three times as the adults i don't know if i even played with the kids honestly but i'm picking this one up so that we can play with our kids I, but yeah this was a fun experience these funko little funko card games or christmas games they also have some halloween ones too I've not played all of them. They sent us the full series whenever they, they first released that set. I think it was six games. And I'd say probably two or three of those were hits with our family. And the other ones would have been hits with other families that liked the the IPs. We just didn't care for them as much. But yeah, I I think this was this was fun. This was this and then another one that I'll talk about in a little while. Uh I think they've upped their game a little bit on some of these games. So I'm I'm excited. I'm guessing you have not played this one. I have not. I've not played any of the little bitty, the Funko games. And most Funko games in general, I think, are pretty much hit or miss with me. And I feel like maybe if if my kids were younger, you know, I might be more tempted to to grab some of these and pull them out. But if, if someone were to break it out and say, hey, let's spend about 15 minutes, you know, talking about Muppets Christmas Carol and playing a little quick card game, I think I think that'd be fine. I, I, I am digging the art, though, on the whole uh, ghost of Christmas yet to come card. That's super cool. The character art's cute. Yeah. I think you say 15 minutes. I don't even think it took 15 minutes. Honestly, it's, it's, these are pretty short games. Uh, really all of them. And I, I've got a list of ones that I would recommend for this. I'll talk about that actually, when we get to our list a little bit later, I think if you remind me, I'll talk about what I think, which ones are worth picking up, but I don't know. All that's all that's really subjective, I guess. Yeah. They've got some good ones. You might need to do at some point. You've played so many of these uh, little Funko games. You might need to do just like a ranking video or segment or something. You just kind of put them all like Halloween, Christmas, whatever. I yeah. think those yeah. in your situation that like that kind of stuff would uh, might uh, might enjoy that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. I again, that's they put out a ton, and so. You know, there's going to be some misses in there, but I just yeah. think that the big draw is going to be the IPs. And I mean, I do think some of these are fun gameplay. So anyway, that one is, let me take a deep breath. Disney, the Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol Spirit of Giving Game. Well done. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> All right. Hey, Darren, I, hey, I want to hear, I want to hear, uh, we got, we got, poll time as we move into our top top 12 games of christmas but let's let's hear about the poll you sent out 
So the poll was, and we put this out in the Discord and on X and in the Guild on BoardGameGeek.com. And so here are some of our responses from that. The question was, what is your favorite Christmas-themed board game or just game to play around the holiday season? You know, because, you know, not not everyone uh, celebrates Christmas, but there is something about this time of year that lends to certain types of games and themes around gaming. So, uh, so we threw that out there and here are some of the responses that we, that we had. We'll start off on the discord because I feel like this question that was in response to my question always comes up. There's always going to be at least one guy or one, or one lady, one person's always going to say, is there a diehard board game? <laughs> All the Christmas related questions and then diehard. Thank you. Wicked cool. Sean. And, um, oh, I was going <laughs> to guess who said that. And Sean is the person I was, was going to guess. Who said that. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Although I do think I saw that on the, on the discord. So I try to stay away from those, but yeah, <laughs> there is there, a game. In fact, there actually is. Yeah. Someone, um, responded later on. I think it was, um, uh, Nickelibrium and some others are talking about the, the diehard. Oh, I even had it pulled up here. What's the name of it? Um, the Nakatomi the heist yeah. game, I believe. Yep. Is what it is. And uh, which came out, I think, in 2019 and never really heard from again. I think you can find it for like $100 on Amazon. So that tells you. 2019. Something. Yeah, I think so. At least that's what BGG said. Was that a Funko game? There's uh, too much. Too much to go into. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll let you look, up, look that up if you want. But uh, it might go. have been. Um. So yeah, diehard, I, I will say this. Well, there may be a few more diehard comments to come. And so I'll, I'll save my diehard comments for later. But um, Eric says there should be more Christmassy games or Christmas game skins. He says like Brass Birmingham is close with the gloomy, foggy, industrial feeling with the coating of slushy snow. I would have never guessed or thought about Brass Birmingham being Christmassy game, but <laughs> I guess it could be. If you threw some, uh, it might be ripe for some Robber Baron Christmassy uh, overlay there. He says, but if there was anything for this time of year, it'd be Frostpunk. Um, he says, it's negative 15 there in Oslo. That's five degrees for you special anti-metric system people. <laughs> uh, I can definitely see how a negative 15 could uh, could bring about some, some Frostpunk desire. Whew, man, that's cold, dude. I would want to play like Santa Monica or something like that. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm living in that. Oof. That's cool. Yeah, in, in, in Santa Monica, to be exact. Let's let's be honest here. Right. <laughs> um, look at cool Sean also says Santa's workshop second edition um is one that he is awaiting. And uh Meredith is also awaiting Santa's workshop second edition. And she said that that is going to be her first Christmas-themed board game. Welcome to the dark side, Meredith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Although I have some thoughts on that, too, of of the amount of Christmas games out there based on that comment and then also what, what Sean said earlier. Or who? Yeah. No, no, no. Not Sean. Who who said that about the reskin? Uh, Eric had said that. and Yeah, yeah. And that's a question I want us to address either like before our, our, our 12 games or afterwards, we need to come back to that, to that question for sure. Yeah. Um, Sean also had played 12 days with John last year and really enjoyed that one. Uh, let's see if there were any others that may be it outside of a few, uh, potentially crude 
diehard references on the Discord that we won't read out because it's a family channel. <laughs> but we, <laughs> but um, over on the Guild, we do have a few few answers on the Guild. These are pretty quick. Um, Verla says Gingerbread House, Phil Walker Harding game. That is a good one. Haley Aldrich says Ghosts of Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Davis also says Santa's Workshop. Uh, speaking of which, uh, switching gears over on X real fast, formerly known as Twitter, we have Keith Ferguson, designer of Santa's Workshop, saying, hmm, mm, take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your input, Keith. <laughs> I'm guessing he was pushing for a brass Birmingham. Uh, um, I'm sure. Thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive that's what it was. Uh, Evan Halbert says chocolate factory. Um, is that Ooh. holiday thing? <laughs> well, he's, he's asking if it's holiday themed. He likes it a lot, and uh, I and I do as well. You, you wonder if if any others like that one game, um, like that one, Evan. I think both Dean and I really enjoy Chocolate Factory. Oh yeah, I wasn't booing the game. I think the game is great. I, I own that. <laughs> Uh, funny enough, I got it as a secret Santa gift last year, if I remember oh, right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that game. I don't know if I would consider it a Christmas game. That being said, I may have a game on my list that mm-hmm. also is not a Christmas game. So it'll yep. slide. I get I get why you would want that in there. Yeah. You can't say much. I kind of think about Chocolate Factory more in the time of February, where it's closer to, to Valentine's Day. <laughs> And, you know, that kind of chocolate candy kind of being a thing. But maybe that'll come up later. We'll see. Oh, boy. Uh, And then lastly, Rob says on the Guild, Feast for Odin with new special tiles includes a Christmas tree, ice skates, and a sleigh. Okay. Um, So, hey, that's not bad. And then later on, he adds, welcome to the Winter Wonderland neighborhood expansion. I have not played that one yet, but uh, looking forward to one day. I played that last week. Actually, I considered putting yep. it on my on my list. Yeah, I I really Welcome to is a, a really fun game, and then adding all those different expansions. The winter, uh, what is it called? The Winter Wonderland is that? Out? It's, he he has it listed as Light. Winter Wonderland Neighborhood Expansion. Yeah, yeah, it is not my favorite of those, but I still think it's fun. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah, a good. That's good times. Looking forward. They to don't change the rules up a ton, which I like. That I like that it just adds like a fun little little flare and this one you're putting up strands of christmas lights mm-hmm. yeah now oh, that'd be cool looking forward to it well thanks maple town we appreciate your your responses there uh, always good to hear from you you'll be hearing our favorite games around christmas time as well which again does beg the question dean are there enough christmas games well let's talk about that okay. let me let me say this first i'm going to go back just briefly to the kind of the re-theming re-skinning for several years back in you, I don't know if you were even in the hobby this at this time, so you might not remember this. In 2015, 16, and 17, there was a company, I don't know who did this. Uh they put out the um Brett Spiel advent calendar. Okay. And so it was a it was a promotional like advent calendar like promotional tiles and pieces for board games which was really cool i never got any of them and i regretted not getting them because some of these the problem was you know there's 20 24 games on these okay and if you don't own all of them what are you going to do with that many promotional 
pieces. I guess you can just get rid of them, give them away or whatever. That's just a lot. And so the reason I never picked them up is because it was a lot of extra stuff that I wouldn't need. The problem is there's several of these that I would really like to have so that I can take a game and make it more of a, uh, of a Christmas game. Like Orleans was, was one of the games. It was a, there was a tile on there, a little Christmas market tile that you can get as one of your buildings. Same thing for Quadropolis. Uh, Cacao has, uh, uh, big market and golden temple on there. So it's, it's, Stuff like this I would like to see more of, and I'm sad that went away, but it's probably for people like me who just didn't get them. I don't really know a better way of doing that than what they did, but that's a way of of giving a little bit of a Christmas flair to some of these games. Yeah, that reminds me of what um, the new Elizabeth Hartgrave and Mark Wooten game is doing, Undergrove, um, on Kickstarter right now. If you... If you get the game there on Kickstarter, one of the things they throw in for quote-unquote free is a... Um, trees that are decorated yeah. like Christmas trees. And so your little player trees that you have, they have Christmas tree versions of that. You know, just if you want to spruce up the game, no pun intended, for the holiday season, uh, you can do that. And so to me, I, th- I think that's really cute and that's cool. And that's actually, to be honest, one of the things that's really making me want to go ahead and pick up the game now is just, yeah. to get the, as opposed to maybe trying to get it later on if I'm thinking about it. You know, there there is something about that that is appealing to me. There's a little holiday um twist skins ways of just sprucing some theme in there you know i agree those look really cool those christmas trees do and the indestructible tiles that they have for the games uh you know if you're gonna go through if you're afraid somebody's (laughs) gonna come through and hit your game with hammer with a hammer or try to eat it this is the game for you or try to eat it pour you know wine on it or whatever that's uh (laughs) this is the game if you want that indestructible game Let's talk about our 12 games of Christmas. Now, this is not our necessarily our top 12 games of Christmas. However, our 12 top 12 games of Christmas are are embedded in here. Now, Darren's is just straight up his list. He was like, I'm coming up with my top six Christmas games, and you can just deal with it, Dean. If they overlap, <laughs> you got to find other games. And so that's exactly what I did. So at the end, I'm going to give what my top six are. Is that fair? So the the mayor of Meepletown, the self-elected mayor of Meepletown, Dean Dunning, has uh, misrepresented the way this list was was formed. <laughs> I, I said, I said, Dean, I am just a poor, poor urchin that I've only played a handful of Christmas games. This is all I've got. And so Dean being so, oh, well, ho, ho, little boy, since I have played so, so many, I'll let you do the six, but I'll make you feel bad about it. And then I'll throw in some other Christmas games that are also adequate and worthy. So, so yeah, if you had to, I guess if you had to say Meeple Town's top 12 games of Christmas, that's what this is. Although the six that we're talking about, especially in Dean's case, may not be his top six. He'll, he'll share that a little bit later. Is that a fair representation that's, of what we're doing here? I would say that is pretty accurate and fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with my number. Okay, I'm just going to go 12, I guess. All right, I don't know. We're going to go. Well, how about, can we do that and, and keep up with the number? Counting sure. backwards? Is I mean, I can. Time? I'm not sure. You're able to. You have a hard time just in the top 50. 
I promise I cannot. Yeah, I, I will. I will mess this up. But I'm going to start off with number twelve, so I know that I won't mess that one up. My number twelve, our number twelve. Although it is actually my number twelve, because I doubt you've played this one, Darren. Never heard of it. Well, this is a free print and play game. How about that? We Ooh, don't often nice. talk about print and play games on here. I love that. This is one that Awaken Realms released in 2021. If I remember right, this was kind of a uh a covid response i guess there were a lot of companies that were doing covid games right so just free print and play games i know that stonemeyer did that with rolling realms initially mm-hmm. um and i think this was one of those as well this one is i haven't even said the name of it giftbringer <laughs> giftbringer came out in 2021 from awaken realms you can just print off the sheet. You can still do it. I checked to make sure that it was still on their website, and mm. you can indeed still print it off their website. It is just one sheet and then uh, maybe two two to three pages of rules, something like that. Really simple, though. You just have to, you do have to have dice. You have to have four dice. You are going to roll those dice and place, uh, everyone's going to write down those numbers, all four of those numbers, into your boxes for that day. And then you will match up, cross off things on your board matching up with those numbers and the things that you can cross off you've got these characters at the bottom this is like a a a viking themed christmas game where you're going around and you are delivering presents as vikings i think was the theme of that one you're the leader of one of the mighty viking hordes which came to the shores of the grateful island your goal is to visit the local town homes and obviously deliver presents just like a good viking would oh, i added that part at the end just like a good viking horde would i mean yes <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> so i love the theme of this one i think that's really cool but you're just going to take you got these different viking characters at the bottom of your sheet and they all have numbers matching up and you're trying to unlock those. And so if this one has two, three, four, you have to cross off the two, three, four, and now they're unlocked and you can use them on the island to go about and deliver presents. Now they can only deliver a certain amount of presents because they can only hold so many. And so you have to unlock more characters to be able to deliver more presents. You're also lo- delivering Christmas cheer and you are, uh, I'm trying to think what else. There's other things that you're doing on the island besides just delivering those presents. And it's cool. I, I like this one. Super simple game. I mean, it's it, there's not a whole lot going on. And it, your choices are fairly obvious, I think. Um, although there's lots of different paths you can take on the island and, and different things that you can focus on. You can focus on um, giving milk. You can focus on giving cookies. You can focus on giving cookies. Uh, Cupcakes, although it says muffins, I guess maybe there's some translation things going on there um, to the kids and you can get points that way. And I, I think it's cool. I, I like this one. I'm glad they did this. And I play it. I played it ever since it came out. It's not hugely well received as like a 6.3, but it's a free print and play game with great graphics. It's beautiful. Yeah, Gift this bringer. looks pretty cool. Yeah, this looks good. always love the little free print and product. Print and... Well, you know what I'm saying? What? <laughs> I don't. I think you spoke German there. <laughs> the free print and play style game, especially given that situation, the circumstances. Yeah. Sounds fun. Looks cute. Yep. I recommend this. This is our number 12 gift bringer. Our number 11 is, 
Not quite along the same lines as Viking hordes saving Christmas. This is more along the lines of Santa saving Christmas from Krampus. This is Dice Throne, Santa vs. Krampus, which is a game that came out in 2022. It's designed by Gavin Brown, Nate Chantelier, and Manny Tremblay, who's also the artist. It's published by Roxley. It's a two-player game. Obviously, it comes in a two-player set, like a lot of the Dice Throne sets do, but it can be played with up to, you know, six total Dice Throne characters. So it's interchangeable with, with all the others. And, you know, in theory, at least a two-player game will take about 30 minutes. And if you've not played Dice Thrones before, this is kind of battle Yahtzee with some tactical card play. And, um, you know, just generally speaking, you're rolling some custom dice to create certain combos that activate various powers that you have on your board in order to reduce your opponent's health down to zero. And that's the object of the game. But each player also has a deck of cards to draw from that lets them do some special attacks or defend against some other special abilities from their, from their opponent. And in each game, each set, each dice thrown character has their own unique powers. For instance, in this set, Krampus has a separate deck of cards that are his reject toys that, that he can play when he draws them that can do some really powerful things when they come up and when he plays them. And, um, so he's got those toys. He's also has the ability to give out coal tokens to their opponent, which can reduce their combat points. Krampus is pretty nasty, pretty powerful, maybe even too powerful in, in some people's opinions. But Santa is not without his own, his own gifts, his own, no pun intended, his own powers. Uh, Santa can gain some eggnog tokens that let him roll dice for bonuses. And he, he can do lots of damage, but when he does damage, he also, in good Santa fashion, will spread Christmas cheer tokens, which he can give to opponents, which they can actually use for other bonuses. So even though Santa's going to try to stick you, he's also going to make you feel good about it by giving you a Christmas cheer token. So he's going to beat you, but it'll be nice about it. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of Santa vs. Krampus. It's dice thrown. It's Christmassy. It's it's kind of a stretch. I'm going to be honest. The first three games I'm going to talk about are basically Christmas skins. We talked about that. These are going to be some Christmas skin games, which I'm okay with. It would be nice to see a few more unique Christmas games. But um, but this one is fun. I enjoy it. I know when we met up at Game Point over the Thanksgiving holiday, this is one we wanted to play, but was not able to. And for that, I am sorry. Yeah, you should be. I, I really wish that we could have played this one. Yeah. Uh, I'd want to pick this up now. I Here's the thing, Darren. Early in the episode, we talked about Brass being a reskin. Brass is a Roxley game now. Yeah. You did this for Dice Throne. Why not? Why not, Roxley? Bring it. Come on. Step up your game, you, Roxley. We challenge you <laughs> to make a Christmas version of Brass Birmingham. There we go. Yep. The gauntlet has been thrown down. That is Dice Throne, Santa vs. Krampus. Or maybe right, the mitt. My... Maybe the mitt has been thrown down. Sorry. Go there ahead. we go. Nice. <laughs> okay, number 10 is a uh, one of those Funko games. This is one that came out in 2021, although I didn't play this one then. I'm, I just played this one this year. This is Dr. Seuss Grinch Grow Your Heart. Okay. Now... Darren, I'm going to describe this game <laughs> by combining two games, and it's going to make people really not want to play it. But oh. hear me out, okay. okay? Hear me out first before I say that. This game is a bit of Rummy meets Yahtzee. Does that get you excited? It doesn't get me excited, but it doesn't 
you know, run me off either. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll see how things work out here. So, <laughs> if you are if you're not the Grinch player, if you're another player, then you are going to draw two cards. You you have uh, cards, okay? You're going to draw two cards. You're going to keep one, put the other one in your discard pile. Grinch, the Grinch player can choose two cards from anywhere, from anyone's discard pile or from the draw pile. What you're trying to do is get different types of cards, okay? You've got four different suits. You've got wreaths and horns and presents and something else. I don't remember what it is. Maybe like a... uh, like a necklace. I don't, <laughs> I'm looking at the picture and I cannot tell what that is from, from a distance. But you are... Uh, oh, Christmas ornaments. Close. It was in a circle, though. Christmas ornaments. So you are going to have uh, a certain amount of cards that you're going to end up with. And then you are going to use the cards that you have to... Um, and and uh, it's... It, the amount of cards that you have it changes, okay? But the the amount of uh, the the types of things that you're trying to cross on your board. This is the Yahtzee part, okay? You only get to cross each one of these off one time, all right? So you're only playing, I think, four rounds. Actually, it changes. It changes how many rounds you play versus uh, based on how many players that you have. Okay, so there's different scoring pieces that you can score. For example, you can score the wreaths. So you're going to add up in each each uh, different suit has a number value to that as well. So if I have like a, a three wreath and a two wreath and a five wreath or something like that, I'm going to add up all those and that's 10. Then I'll get a 10 on my wreaths category for that round. So the next round, I can't score wreaths. I have to score something else. Now there's, uh, let's see, seven different categories on here. You got the all the, the wreaths, noise, ornaments, presents, but then you have rainbows. So the highest in each color, you can score that one. You can get matching numbers. So if you have three matching numbers, you'll get 10 points all the way up to five matching numbers. You're going to get 30 points and you can get a run in order. So if you have a run of four, you get 15. If you have a run of five, you're going to get 25. And the five is how many cards you're going to have in your hand at the, at the end. Okay. And that is, that's the game. This one is, is a cool game. I like this a lot. I, I think it was it was really fun. There's a little bit of strategy to this. There's a little bit of chance of and and kind of even push your luck of I can try to go for this run and if I get five, that's a lot of points because whatever 25 points is a lot. It's a lot of points. You also have cards that have these bonus points at the bottom. So it might say if you have a pink card in your um in your deck, then you're going to get these bonus points of whatever that's five or something like that. So it's cool. My oldest son mopped the floor with us. If I remember right, <laughs> he, he got some really big scoring rounds and this was cool. I like this one. This I think might be my favorite of those Funko games, Christmas games that I've played. Well, yeah. now you well, now you spoil the future list. Way to go, Dean. Well, there you go. That's all right. But there's <laughs> other good ones out there. This, this is the part I was going to mention earlier. Of uh, some of the other ones that I've really enjoyed, the the Frosty Follow the Leader, which is one that came out a couple years ago. We've had a lot of fun with that one. That's a cooperative game where you are trying to line up the different characters from Frosty the Snowman in the correct order based on the tile that comes out. The uh, Muppet one that came out, really enjoy that one. I like the Christmas Vacation one that came out a couple years ago. It's pretty simple, but it's it was still fun. And then we like the Christmas Story one too. And 
and and more. We've we've played a bunch of them. So, but anyway, this Dr. Seuss. Oh goodness, let me go back. What did I say, Dr. <laughs> Seuss? Bum, 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 grow your heart card game. Dr. Seuss. Here's another title. Here we go. Dr. Seuss Grinch Grow Your Heart. <laughs> Can we just edit out the last five minutes where you were trying to say the title of this little bitty card game? Oh, man. It's going to be a long episode. Sorry about that. I'm not exaggerating, Meeple Town. It was five minutes. If you didn't hear five minutes of it, it's because Dean did go back and edit out part of it. Just so you know. Uh, number 10, that game. <laughs> Fantastic. My number nine, or our number nine, I should say is I'm going back to the whole Christmas re-skinning, re-theming of games. And that's going to be Patchwork Christmas Edition, which came out in 2020. Uh, again, obviously designed by Uwe Rosenberg. If you're a Patchwork fan, the art is by Clemens Franz, among others. Got to love the the Clemens Franz-Uwe combination. Those games always appeal to me. Published by Lookout Games, strictly a two-player game here. And it's going to play in about 15 to 30 minutes. And this is Simply the classic, brilliant, polyomino tile drafting game of patchwork with Christmas art. There it is. There is a pawn. In this case, if you don't know how to play patchwork, there is a pawn that is a Christmas tree that moves around a pool of tiles, of polyomino tiles. On your turn, you can draft one of the next three tiles in front of that pawn, um, assuming you can pay its button cost because each tile has a cost of buttons and buttons are the 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 resource of the game as well as the final scoring mechanism. And so you can you can draft a tile, you place it on your player board because eventually you're just making this little patchwork quilt. So you're trying to get them in as tightly as possible. Um, so you're either drafting a tile or you're passing on your turn and just moving and advancing up the time track in order to gain more, more buttons so you've got more money to spend on tiles in the future. Now, one of my favorite parts about this, this game, because again, that's basically the game. One of my favorite parts, besides the really cool Christmas look, is that time track. You know, when you're, every tile you take not only will cost you buttons, but it's also going to move you up that time track. And as long as you can stay behind your opponent or on top of them on the track, then you get to take another turn. And so, you know, it, part of that tension is, you know, how far do I want to move up? What tile do I want to take? Not just because this can fit, but also how can I maximize and lengthen out this turn? Um, so that's really a lot of fun. And if you pass your turn on your time track, you have to move your your marker all the way up to the space directly in front of your opponent. And then you can collect, again, like I said, those, those buttons for each space that you've moved. Um, so I just love that tension that it creates. My wife and I actually played this last night. And uh, she destroyed me as always. She just has a knack for being able to get the the all the tiles with all the buttons and has this great button uh, engine going. I might fill up more spaces on the board, but she's always going to destroy me. Uh, at least I can say last night was one of the first times I have scored with positive points. It's very easy to have many negative points where your final score in this game. That is usually what happens to me. It is a lot of fun. There's great tension. Great game to just sit down with a friend or a loved one or someone you don't like and play um, this fabulous game. You're a fan of this one, aren't you? Yep, I am. I, I was just Googling or just looking on Amazon for the Christmas version of this, which is not available on there. Is this a hard to find game? You know, I've not looked for it in a while. It did come out in 2020. We didn't, we didn't make that as a qualifier, by the way. Some of the games right. that we're talking about might be difficult. Um. 
but yeah, I, I, I really want to pick this one up. We love patchwork in our house and we love playing different theme games. So again, there's nothing else different about it. I think they may have rebalanced or retweaked one or two tiles. I can't remember if that was this version or if that was the Halloween version, which I also recommend. The only thing really special about this one, other than the art, is that it also came with a cookie cutter. That's <laughs> just a little plus sign cookie cutter that's in the box. So oh, uh, that's yeah. cool. There you go. Cool. Merry Christmas. Uh, Patchwork Christmas edition. So the rebalance, you would say, would you say that this is, um, that there's a new balance? Oh, are you, are you, are you about to talk about a shoe game? No, I'm not. I just, <laughs> okay. I just wanted to just make a connection there. I don't know, but I am well, going to go back and talk about, oh yeah, you got something. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. I am going to go back and talk about, uh, the Christmas Carol. We're going to be talking about Ghost of Christmas. Mm. This is number eight. Number eight, Ghost of Christmas. This is a small box game where you are, uh, it's a trick-taking game, and you're going to be playing out cards onto the different ghosts. You've, each player has a uh, has a line of ghosts in front of them, and you're going to be playing a card into those ghosts, and you are trying to take the tricks, and you're going to be saying at the beginning of the round how many tricks that you are going to take, and you want to get that number exactly, and if you don't, well, you can maybe not score any points, but you might also not score as many points as you want to. And uh, so think of spades, although you're playing into different uh, different areas. Uh, and the interesting part is that the ghost affect what happens with the next ghost. So whoever, uh, I think I'm saying this right, whoever takes the trick from the ghost of the Christmas past, well, that suit will be the one that is trumped for the, uh, for the next round. So the those the ghost in the past does affect what's going to happen in the game in the future. Like this one a lot. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's not my favorite <laughs> trick taking Christmas game, but I do enjoy this one. I think it's a lot of fun and it is, it's different, way different than the other one that we'll talk about later. So I think there's room to have both in your collection. Plus if you get the deluxe version, you got these little cool wooden wreaths and doors and it's just it's a it's a beautiful production i love the art on the cards and on the box i think it looks fantastic so that is ghost of christmas of all the games that you're talking about that i have not played this is the one that i want to play the most i love Mm. trick-taking games i love uh, a christmas carol and things based on that there's not enough stuff based on that this one just always seemed a little too convoluted like a little too much going on thinking back and forth like i don't know who i could play this kind of trick picking game with because of the whole past present future kind of thing um is that how confusing is that it was a little bit much the first time i played i don't think it's more confusing than the other trick taking game that we'll talk about okay because uh, i think that one can be really tricky too and in fact john thinks this this is much less confusing than that game is i don't right. know if it's like I don't know if it's significant, but it's, um, yeah, it, it, I think all trick-taking games have a, an element of difficultness, like something that it's difficult to wrap your mind around when you're playing these games. Right. But, but yeah, I think once you get in the groove, it's, it's fine. Okay. I love the look. I love the theme. Put it on the pile when we get together again in December. Okay. We're going to play this. Ghost of Christmas. Number 10. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. First try. <laughs> our, our number seven, again, going back to the whole reskin, this is a game 
that came out in 2014, and that is Letters to Santa. This is an adaptation of Love Letter. It's designed by Sage Kanai, art by Yeting Sun, and published by AEG. Two to four players, 20 minutes. Man, I wish this played more people. I think a bigger game of this uh, that could play more people would be a lot of fun. T- to me, this is a good cookies and eggnog kind of game. People talk about beer and pretzels games. This would be a good cookies and eggnog kind of game. Like I said, it's just love letter, but with Christmas characters like toys and reindeer and Santa and, of course, Krampus. And the basic way of love letter, if you've not played that one, you start with a card in your hand and you're going to draw a card and you're going to play a card. And that's it. You know, some cards will let you guess another player's card and maybe, you know, knock them out of the round. Some cards let you trade uh, hands with someone else. Some let you compare cards to someone and whoever has the lowest card wins. I'm sorry, whoever has the lowest card is out because ultimately what you want to do is be holding the highest card at the end of the game or be the last player standing. Uh, Love Letter is just a classic. uh, Letters to Santa is just another thematic way of playing Love Letter during the holiday season. And like um, Dean has said about maybe potentially patchwork, this is unfortunately a really hard game to find, but it is a joy. I, I, I could just take this game out and play it with just about anybody. It's always fun. It's always, um, it always hits pretty well. Yep. That is a game that we enjoy too. I, um, also have that in my collection and a couple other of those love letter games, but this is the one, if you wanted to, you could just like print out pictures of Christmas things and put it over top of the, the pictures on the too. other ones. Cause it's a, it's the same game. Yeah. Very little, if any of the card actions actually change. So yeah. yeah. It's a winner. Number seven, Letters to Santa. Okay, number six is a game that came out in 2011. It is 12 Days. Not to be confused with 12 Days of Christmas or any of those other ones that have the game, have those names. I actually don't know those other ones, the 12 Days of Christmas. I only know 12 Days. <laughs> this is a game from Calliope Games, and John introduced this to me, I think, last year. And I immediately went and picked it up. But in this game, you are, wait a minute. I don't know if I have, no, 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 I do. I do. The pictures that they're showing on there are an older version of it, I guess. I have a, I didn't know that there's different versions. You don't care about all that. In this game, you are trying to collect cards. Yeah. So on your turn, you're going to gift somebody a card next to you. And then a number, a day card is going to show one through 12. So the first round, you're going to be bidding, kind of bidding on the number one card. And your high level numbers are bad and your low numbers are good. So if I bid a one and Darren bids a two, then I will take that card. Okay. That card is going to be worth one point at the end of the game. And that's it. 12 card is going to be worth 12 points at the end of the game. You might think, what a lame game, because then you're just getting the points based on those cards, but you're not, Darren. You're also going to, at the end of the game, you're going to add up how many day cards that you have, not the ones that you were bidding on, but the ones that you've played, okay? So if I bid a one on a card, then that's going to go to my pile. And if I have like three of those and you have two, then I'm going to get one additional point. If I have more 12s than you, then I'm going to get 12 additional points. And so even though they're cards that are lower bids, they're worth more points at the end of the game. So you do think about that too. You're not just thinking, you might think, 
I'm just going to throw off on this card and not care about a one value card, but I'll throw a 12 down so that I can get more points. I, I think that's a pretty cool way of thinking about a game. And when you hear about it, I, I think when I heard about it, I wasn't super jazzed. I was like, that sounds pretty too simple. And it and it is a simpler game, but that extra element of playing out more 12s so that you can have more 12s than anyone else at the end of the game, you can get a lot of points that way. And I think that's that's cool. I like it. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. And I like the fact that this plays, uh, again, an- another one of those quick quick family card games, but with something thinky going on. I think the next time we get together, we need to play as many of these as possible, like a, you know, like one hour and play as many of the little quick family Christmas games as possible. Um, yeah. this, this sounds like fun. It sounds, it sounds thinky and strategic. I like it. I'll get this one to the table with some family members this year too. It says three to five. For some reason, I thought there was like a two player variant. Maybe not. That might not be the case, but mm. I, if you wanted to, you probably could just flip over an additional card from the dummy mm-hmm. hand and let that be, you know, let that play out, which I, I think that would still be fun. So yeah. anyway, that is cool. 12 days. Number six. Our number five is one that I know um, Dean also really enjoys. This is a 2017 game. This is the first one on, on my contribution to the list that is actually its own game. It's not, there's been a second edition, but there's not, it's like a, a rescan or a retheme. This is Christmas Tree, designed by Nagy Balaz and art also by, um, by Nagy as well, of, among others, and published by Clever Green Board Games, plays two to four players, 30 to 45 minutes. This is a card drafting game, kind of like Sushi Go or Seven Wonders, where, um, you know, you take a card and you pass your hand, except this time your board is a Christmas tree. And the cards that you're drafting are different types of ornaments. And you're going to place those ornaments on that tree. And I know we've talked about this in the past on the show, but in case you are, you're unfamiliar, you know, some of the ornaments that you're drafting are going to be candy that just give you points, or it's going to be some gingerbread men. They're going to be worth points depending on what you surround them with. There's going to be some glass ornaments that will score based on some placement requirements given to you by the end of round goals, because you're going to play three rounds and each round that your goals um, are going to change up. And so you also have these Linzer cookie cards that you can keep to the end of the game if you want, and they're going to be worth points, or you can spend them to switch some of your ornament cards around on your tree that you've already placed. And so the winner is just going to be whoever scores the most points. Um, this game, this game is a lot of fun. I played this with our daughters um, a few a few days ago, and um, this is one that they, they're not huge on board games. They will play this one with me if I guilt them into it, and we just have a blast and we cackle and laugh and make random noises and sing Christmas songs and all kinds of stuff. It, we're just really obnoxious, but it is, it is a lot of fun while we're playing. Potentially another good uh, cookies and eggnog kind of game. You think you would be trying to focus more on the placement, but I don't know that it's really all that necessary. You know? Um, really? Yeah, because we get super strategic in this game. I try. And and I'm going to say this. If you've not played this before, the iconography on this is a little busy at first. It's not the most intuitive looking family weight kind of game. And so oftentimes when I first break this one out, I just get lost in trying to figure out what's going what. And, you know, because you're trying to match up light bulbs on the tree and you're trying to meet the end of round goals. I will often find myself just drafting the candy with all the snowflakes. 
And I find <laughs> that I can do pretty well just by drafting the candy with the snowflakes because those snowflakes really? okay. are points and you can just yeah. rack up a ton of points. As long as you try to match some of the goals and be competitive in some of that and match a few light bulbs, if you get those candy pieces, you can do pretty well, at least in my, in my family's playing experience. So, um, so yeah, I don't and know. They do have a lot of points on them too. They do. They do. They do. So but, I'm looking at, so I have the original version of this game and it's not a great, it's not a, it's not an amazing production by any stretch. The second edition of this one though, which I think if I understand right, is the same game, uh, but it is that you have that one, Darren. I do have okay. that one, yeah. Yeah, I, there's some things that I like better about the original one, but then I would say overall, I, I probably would like the second version better of this. But yeah, the, I like this game for a lot of different reasons. One, I, I think this is a, I think it's pretty strategic and it's, it, um, but it's it's not super difficult. We play this with our in-laws and, and this is a staple game for us every year. We'll, we'll play it in a couple of weeks, multiple times. And I think that the one of the reasons I like this game so much is because you can really customize it however you want to play it. So if you just straight up want to do the drafting game, you can do that. There's a family version. There's like a midweight version of this. And then there is a, an advanced version. We kind of do a bit of a, a variation on the advanced version with the in-game scoring and all that. Uh, we just make it real simple and flip out three end of round, excuse me, end of round scoring three end of round scoring cards every round is how we play and we sometimes play with the linzer cookies but not always because i think that adds an extra layer of of um not even difficulty it's just like an extra layer of thinkiness that just makes the game last longer so we don't always play with those we play full tilt advanced christmas tree and um it's a blast. It's fun. I love it. This used to be my favorite Christmas game. I think it has dropped just a smidge. Um, but yeah, it's it's glorious. It's a blast. And you can pick it up. I think both editions are still available in some places, but you can definitely find the second edition, I think. And I, I prefer the art and the cards in that one either way. So that is Christmas Tree, our number five. Great pick. Number four is not a Christmas game at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say that. This game actually takes place in February. I didn't realize that until Darren was asking me. But this is Jock Mock, The Winter Market. This is a new game. This one came out this year. Uh, I've still been able to play it several times. Came from WizKids. And the description says, The tranquil city of Jock Mock has hosted a world-famous Christmas market folk festival every February for over 400 years. So mm-hmm. this is the game that you can actually play well past Christmas if you would like to. You can play it in, in the summer if you really want to. But... It has a feel of a Christmas market, okay? That's why I put this on my list. But I don't know. I'm going to compare this one to a, oh my goodness, what is the name of that game? Oh goodness, that's not what you want to hear. It's Sushi Go-esque, but it also has elements of a game where you're moving. I guess uh, Glenn Moore has this, Glenn Moore 2, where you are, if you're behind, then you're going to be next in line to go. And as long as you're in the back, you're going to keep going. And so you're going to be jumping up and taking cards from the Christmas market, from the, excuse me, the winter market. You can be taking cards from the winter market. But if you jump too far ahead, which my brother-in-law did, he jumped almost all the way to the end of the line. 
then you have to wait for everybody else to catch up. And all the cards are going to be different ways of scoring, which I think is cool. One of the cards is patchwork card. We take these cards and you put it onto your patchwork quilt and you're going to score points based on how many completed colored squares, matching color squares that you have on your patchwork, which is cool. There's an element of, you know, spatial, uh, uh, spatial element of the game. There are cards that you're just set collecting. There are cards that you're trying to get the most of. There's cards that you are, um, maybe trying to uh, hot dog cards. Okay. Hot dog cards give you lots of points, but if I have more hot dogs than you, then I'm only going to get half the amount of points. If I have the most hot dogs, because eating a lot of hot dogs while walking around a winter market is going to slow you down. And so if you eat too many, you're only going to get half the points. But if you're in the middle of the mix somewhere, that's where you want to be because you're going to get lots of points. There's cards that let you um, take cards, uh, present card. I'll draw four cards from the stack and I'll pass them out or however many players you're playing. If you're playing four players and you draw that many cards and I'll keep one and give you all your presents. And lots of cool elements of that. The reason why it feels like Sushi Go Party a little bit is because you get to take... um, uh, you you get to customize what cards are going to go out into the market. So they they say two cards from the two stacks of cards from the six. Uh, oh my goodness, let me say this again: two stacks of cards from the three different colors. So you're going to have three, six stacks of cards. You have a daytime and a nighttime uh, version of those cards. So you have a stack of daytime cards. Once that one's done, then you might have some mid-game scoring. Maybe not just depending on what cards are out there. And then you do the end of the game and then do the end game scoring. This is a big hit. We really like this one. Played it a few weeks ago with, uh, or Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, excuse me, played over Thanksgiving with our in-laws and they really liked it. And I, I want to take this and play it again and add more cards and kind of customize it that way. A lot of fun though. This looks wild, man. The art is beautiful. I didn't even say that. The art is yeah. insanely beautiful i also didn't say that you have a person that you're moving around you actually each person has two meeples that they're moving which that makes it more interesting than like a glenmore because i now i can move one of my people really far ahead if i want to jump up and take that card because i'll still have another meeple that i'll be able to move along so i like that element of it it's cool i like this you know we've recently talked about another game that has that turn order time track mechanism it's called patchwork just a few minutes ago you know <laughs> i still can't think of the it's a japanese themed game that i'm thinking of and it's just not coming to me so yeah. it's not takinoko yeah. it's something right. somebody's yelling at their at the radio right now yeah. i'll try to figure it out All right. looks fun the game i was thinking of is takaido yep that is jock mock the winter market it takes place in february that's my one of my favorite <laughs> christmas games <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year uh, our number three game has another unique game, original game, not a reskin. This is uh, one that, again, I know that that Dean really enjoys. It's been talked to, it's been talked about in the past on on Meeple Town, and that is the 2020 game Ugly Christmas Sweaters. It's designed by Hunter Hennigar and art by Brooklyn Halbro and published by Hen House Games. Plays two to four, and in about thirty to sixty minutes. This is the sweater-crafting, trick-taking, card-drafting game. Um, this is the game that Dean was referring to earlier when he was talking about Ghost of Christmas that um, some think is even more tricky 
again, no pun intended, than, than that one. But in the game, you're going to play three rounds. Each round, the Trump suit and the Trooper Sump and the Super... <laughs> trooper <laughs> Sump? That. Trooper Sump. <laughs> I promise you, Meeple Town, we have not been drinking. This is uh, like 10 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Um, each round, the Trump suit and the Super Trump number will change as well as um, the end of round bonus scoring. There are these decks of cards that you'll flip over at the end of each round to change all those things. So from round to round, that part will be different. This is a follow the leader kind of trick-taking game, but you're not just following the lead color. You can also follow follow. You can also follow the lead shape. We just need to like just cut this episode right now. You'll get the rest of the games people tell at a later date. Whew. The um, so again, it plays up to four. And whether you're playing four, whether just with two, you're still going to be playing four cards. And the four cards that are played are going to be ranked. And that ranking of the cards will determine the draft order of the cards that are going to be up in the sweater row. So you're going to play these cards and you're going to draft the cards from the sweater row to use to build sweaters in your little tableau area. And those sweaters will score you points later on. And so once those cards are drafted, the cards that were just played in the current trick now become the new draftable cards in the sweater row. So there's lots to kind of keep up with as you're as you're playing. It's really thinky. It's really fun. And for me, I don't know how you feel, Dean. I feel like this two-player version of this maybe even be the most fun because you're actually playing two cards into the trick. And so there's lots you can do to manipulate, you know, the other person or manipulate the trick. And uh, it is it is a blast. There's so much fun. Cindy and I uh, can't wait to get this one out again soon. I think. Actually, you know that I think about it. The only way I may have played this is is with two players. Um, it's just so much fun. I think it scares off everybody else. Kind of like what you were saying, what you were saying earlier. Yeah, this is one of my favorite trick taking games. Period. I really Same. like this one a lot, and part of that is because of the the two player element of that. I don't know if that's my preferred way. I've played it two, three, and four, and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed all all ways of playing this game. It's, I, I think it's, for me, it works so well because it's not just trick-taking, it's the drafting element and it's the set collection, all of that, that I just think works really well. I would love to see more games from, from this designer, Hunter, uh, Hunter Henniger. So this one came out in 2020 and that was the last game or the only game that, that he's designed. So I, yep, I like it. I like it a lot. Yep. Same. That is Ugly Christmas Sweaters, hour number three. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And we also did a uh, preview, Kickstarter mm-hmm. preview of this one too. I remember back in the day. My hour number two. Is that correct? Yeah, number yep. two. Uh, well, I'll say mine. My number two. <laughs> no, this <laughs> is this is the number two 12 games of Christmas is Holly Jolly. This one is from 25th Century Games from Pinchback Riddle. If you know them from some of those, uh, some of the great roll and write games that they've done. And I, I like this duo. This game is a interesting game. I was going to say drafting, and it is drafting. Not drafting like I'm taking a card and passing it around, but you have a Christmas tree of ornaments, and you have these cards in your hand that are tinsel or lights, and you are going to add them to one of the three cards that are out there. And then if you're going to match up all the... Ah, oh, this is a terrible way of describing this. Let me, let me give an example. If you have a tinsel card and two uh, light cards, okay? I'm going to put a tinsel card and cover up one of those light cards. Then I'm going to add up the total 
of those tinsel cards, and that will be the value of card that I can take from the Christmas tree. And so I'll take that ornament and put it into my set. And you're trying to get sets of lots of different things. And I, that's that's pretty much it. There's a cool... I, I had to go back and get this one. So we, we got a copy of this one from 25th Century Games. I believe I bought a copy to give away. I did. Bought a copy to give away as a gift. And then I recently, this year, went back and bought another copy because I wanted all the promo stuff mm. for this one. And I didn't have the promo version of that. So... Yeah, this has been a big, big hit for people I've played it with. Our kids love this one. So cool. This is a great game. Holly Jolly, our number two Christmas game. Yep, good pick. Enjoy that one as well. But not as much as the Meeple Town number one Christmas game. This is actually a second edition of which... My copy is being delivered today, according to, oh, to UPS. So I have to wait tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, potentially even Thursday is what it says now. Oh, what a loser. Okay, so <laughs> mine, <laughs> our number one. And this truly is, I think, if I had to assume, Dean, our number one. That's that correct. Santa's Workshop. Particularly, we'll be talking about the second edition, which, again, like I said, is coming out this week. I know there are actually some copies that were um, for sale at Pax U, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Jamie picked one up when he was there, and he also <laughs> pre-ordered this one. So he's going to have two copies of it. Sweet. It's a nice Christmas gift for someone. Like we've mentioned before, this is designed by Keith Ferguson, friend of the show, and art by the new art is by Andrew Bosley and Jackie Davis. And this new edition is published by Elf Creek Games. Uh, the original edition came out in 2017 and was published by Rio Grande. Uh, there have been some changes in this game, not just the art, uh, but there have been there have been a few uh, mechanism changes as well. But basically, this is a worker placement set collection game um, that plays two to five players, plays in about 30 to 60 minutes. You've got some recipe fulfillment going on here, too. You are elves trying to be the best at building toys. So Santa will take you on vacation with him after Christmas Day. And you've got these three elves that you're using and a special worker, and you're sending them out to different locations in Santa's workshop to gather resources like wood and metal and fabric or coal. And you can train your elves to, to do special things like they can gather uh, more resources when they go out. But, but the most uh, but most of the resources spaces that you put on the board are going to be limited. So there's some you know competition there that's going to be going on, some jockeying for spots. And you're going to use those resources that you get to build the toys for points, so these toy cards. Uh, that you're going to gather. And when you go out to assemble these toys, um, this is one of the changes in the game is that if in the assembly area, as opposed to having limited spots now, if you're the first person there, anyone that comes in after you, you're going to earn some special bonuses. If you're the second person there, you'll get a little bit of a bonus, but maybe not as much as the first person. Anybody else after that, they can still develop toys, but it's just them developing and it costs more because you're now benefiting from the help that those who went there first are now giving you. And that's, I think, one of the biggest, most significant and um, and helpful, I think, changes in the in this version. By the way, so you've got these elves, you're building toys, you can send them out to go gather more toy cards uh, because, you know, whoever builds the most toys when Santa comes for inspection will get some bonus points. And you're also sending these, these elves out to take care of the reindeer and the stables, which now involves some set collection, as well as getting other bonuses. Uh, you can upgrade your player board to hold more wood or more coal. 
You're also now, one of the new mechanisms are placing ornaments on a Christmas tree for bonuses. There's always something to do in this version of the game. Nothing ever feels superfluous or, you know, I'm stuck. You're always going to be able to grab a bonus or points or something else. And I think that really has made um, the gameplay experience in this edition that much more um, exciting. Yeah, I, I've i waited too long. I've waited too long. I'm ready. I'm ready for <laughs> it. I'm ready to play this week. I hope to play this week. Yep, I will say the one thing I would like to happen for this game before I even get it is I would like Meeple Source or somebody from Etsy to do some stickers. Meeple Source to do some custom meeples for this mm. game and really trick it out because I, I think it's cool that all the elves look the same in the original, I mean, you you know, everyone has their different elves, so they're not all the same. But but this one, you have your different elves, plus all the different elves on the different teams are different. Not just the color of them, but they mm-hmm. are shaped different, and they all look vastly different. And I am super pumped about that part of it, too. Beautiful production, I'm thinking. That's what it looks like on the pictures. It looks amazing. Art looks great. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to play, I think I mentioned this before, at Gen Con, a almost final production copy. And so, yeah, the, the components of this are going to be are going to be super cool. The art on this is beautiful. You know, Andrew Baza did the cover and Jackie Davis did the, a lot of the, the board and cards and everything else. And it's just, um, man, it is stupendous looking. It, it looks like Christmas. It feels like Christmas. And uh, oh, and you mentioned this earlier with Christmas Tree that there's different ways of playing the game because I think that's going to be important when you're playing a Christmas game. You want something to be robust, but you also want it to be family-oriented. This one comes with a standard way to play, um, which is for families, and an advanced game to play. What I played at Gen Con was the advanced game, but looking at the standard game rules, that looks like a lot of fun too. I would totally have fun playing that one as well. And so I love the the fact that some of these uh, designers and companies are trying to to do that, make something robust for those that really want something they can sink their teeth into, but also something they can share with their families. And there's just so few games like this, Dean, yeah. but, uh, but this is a great one. Yep. I totes agree with that, Darren. I'm, I'm just excited. So excited. We're going to get to this, this to the table, hopefully a lot this Christmas season. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Uh, we, oh, oh, no, no, no. It's not. It's not quite. I was going to say, let's quickly say what our top six are in this. Now, I think is your the list that you gave, Darren, your games, is that your top six? The list I gave is my top six, but I can throw out a few honorable mentions very quickly. Okay. All right. Well, let me just throw out my top six and then you know. Now, all the games that we mentioned are games that I really enjoy, but it doesn't mean that they're my absolute favorite because we had some crossovers. So, if I were to give my actual top six, I would say Jock Mock would be number six. However, not a Christmas game. So there's that. <laughs> Still ish. Um, Holly Jolly is my number five. Ugly Christmas Sweater, number four. Three is Carcassonne Winter Edition. Now, I regret actually now not putting this on the list overall because I didn't think you could find it. You can actually find mm. it. And uh, there's still some copies available on Amazon and uh amazon de so there's that you can you can pick that up but that's my number three number two is christmas tree and number one is santa's workshop but i've got a bunch of other ones that could potentially be honorable mentions i'm gonna throw out just a couple 
yeah, maybe more than just a couple. The uh, We already mentioned the Welcome to Christmas Lights. There is a Christmas Lights game out there that 25th Century Games did that I like as well. And it's got lots of different games within the box, including several solo that are enjoyable. The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation game that has that sweater art kind of similar to Home Alone. Uh both of those, I, I've got both of those on the table. Hopefully, we'll play them soon. And then the last one I would say is Winter from Devere Games. Not full on Christmas one, but it's a two-player only winter themed game where you're playing out cards and and getting snowflakes and melting the snow. So that's a good times as well. What you got? Cool. Yeah. So just a few. An- another reskin, Animal Upon Animal Christmas Edition. This is a dexterity game by Haba, but in this one, you know, you're stacking big, chunky, wooden Christmas-themed pieces like uh, sleighs and stars and Christmas trees, and but also like penguins, I think, and squirrels, you know, whatever. But it's fun. Uh, you roll a dice and it tells you what you to do, or you roll a dice and it tells you what to do, what to place, or like what to tell your opponent to do. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend, not just for kids. Another also- game where my kids laugh at how bad I am at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I times. I, I do lose this one to them quite often. Yeah. Uh, gingerbread House, which I think we mentioned earlier by Phil Walker Harding. Tile placement and stacking game, trying to build a gingerbread house in order to capture fairy tale characters for points, not to eat them or anything, because that would be dark. Uh, this is also <laughs> part of the the trilogy of his, like with Baron Park and Llama Land. Uh, all three really good games. And then mm-hmm. lastly, um, Final Girl, the North Pole Nightmare, which just wrapped up its Kickstarter campaign. And that is also... Um, it had a quick pledge manager to ship these out, hopefully before Christmas. And so I am anticipating this one to come in the next week or two. That is the Final Girl, North Pole Nightmare. Again, the solo go solo game, just like Final Girl, but now you're Mrs. Claus and one of the elves and you're fighting off Krampus. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Yeah, let me throw out two that I have not played, uh, but looked interesting as I was looking into this. Merry Christmas, the card game, which I think that one comes out this year. And then one from our very own Evan Halbert that we talked about earlier that I booed has Bah Humbug. (laughs) Bah Humbug and the 12 Games of Christmas. They were playing this at ChuckCon, but unfortunately I did not get a chance to play it. I love the art on this one. I look forward to that one coming out, I think, next year. I think that's one that's releasing. It was kickstarted earlier this year. But that's going to do it for our 12 Games of Christmas. There are a lot of good ones out there. I want to see more. I would love to see more gamery games with the Christmas theme. Let's let's hope that we're going to see more of those in the future. But if you would like to get in touch with us now, you can send us emails or messages or anything like that. You can go to meepletowngames.com. You can send an email to meepletownmail at gmail.com. Send it there because we need questions in our mailbag. And so please, any kinds of questions about anything board game related, we want to hear them. You can connect with us on social media at Meepletown Games on all of those different channels. And then our Discord channel, Discord, Discord channel as well. Until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Later. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs>